0: Welcome to the Authentic Discipleship Podcast, where we seek to encourage and empower you on how to make disciples in and through authentic relationships, recapturing the heart of the early church that we read about in the Bible. Our goal is simply to equip you so that you can make a life-changing difference where God has planted you all for the glory of God and the good of the world. We pray that you are blessed by this week's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Authentic Discipleship Podcast, where everything we're discussing is all about encouraging, equipping, and empowering the church to make disciples through authentic relationships. As always, I want to say thank you to our listeners. Uh, We are so glad to be back consistently putting out episodes because uh, I do believe this is a conversation worth having and a conversation worth sharing so just want to remind you, as uh, as God prompts um, you to put this uh, content out, I would love if you would like, rate, or share with someone in your life. Um, again, we want to see uh, the church embrace its original vision, which was to go and make disciples of all the nations. So with that being said, we just got done with an episode talking about uh, that we need more models than we do messages. And so one of our listeners messaged me and She had an awesome idea. Uh, She said, man, we should do a series on the importance of the Holy Spirit in disciple making. And I thought that was a great idea. I recently took our church through a series on the Holy Spirit. And um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to dive in the next few episodes. We're going to talk about the importance of the Holy Spirit in the process of disciple making. And so I'm excited To share with you. On the front end, um, I just want to talk about uh, a few of the misconceptions or uh, maybe the inaccurate teachings of the Holy Spirit. It seems like in the church world, there is a great divide, and really the divide is um, on conservative Protestant Christianity and charismatic Protestant Christianity. And um, for some of you, maybe you grew up more Baptist, Presbyterian. I would call uh, those branches of faith, conservative branches of Protestant Christianity, and maybe for some of you, uh, you grew up more in uh, Pentecostal circles, um, and I would call that the other side of the divide or the fence, if you will, of uh, of more of your charismatic uh, fellowships. And so, one side seems to not really talk; the conservative side seems to not really talk uh, a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, is sort of like the cousin uh, in the corner that everyone kind of knows is there, but no one really mentions or talks to for fear of things might get weird. And then on the other side, it seems like the the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit can be elevated. That sometimes it's more looked at more than Christ, our Savior. And so, I believe that in our day, that healthy teaching on the Holy Spirit is critical for the church to accomplish its mission, which is to make disciples for the glory of God to the ends of the earth. And so um, episode one, I really want to look at uh, the Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament and who the Holy Spirit is to us in this process of disciple making. And so in Genesis 1, 1 through 3, I want to show you the Trinity and really all the characters of God, um, or I'm sorry, all the persons of God in the Trinity in the first three verses of the Bible. So Genesis 1, 1 through 3, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So this is Father God. Now verse 2, it says, now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And so in verse 2, it says that the earth was, was dark, or there was darkness covering the earth. Now, one thing that I think that's significant is that we learn in the Word of God that God is light, and in Him, there is no darkness at all. Uh, He talks about heaven one day, that heaven will be lit up by a perfect light, that there will be no darkness, that we will have no need of the sun and the moon. And so, right here where it says darkness, we do not know for sure where Satan, our enemy, is in all this, but we do know that darkness will represent the dominion of our enemy throughout all the scriptures. Uh, Darkness represents chaos, represents fear. Think about when we're walking in the dark, uh, we're really afraid because we can't see where we're going, okay? So this darkness hovered over the surface of the deep, over the earth, and then it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And so this is the Holy Spirit. So we see in the first two verses we have God the Father creating, We have the Holy Spirit hovering over the the waters and over the darkness. One thing about the Holy Spirit, uh, he is one that brings peace uh, in the midst of chaos, right? And so we see this story kind of begin to play out of there's darkness and then there is the Spirit of God. And then in verse 3, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And so the first spoken words of God are the word of God coming forth. He said, let there be light. We learn in scripture that the word of God became flesh in the form of Jesus. We learn that Jesus is the perfect light of the world. And we learn that Jesus is that light that's going to light us up for all eternity. So in the first three verses, we have God, the father, we have the Holy Spirit hovering. And then we have the spoken word of God, which is Jesus. And that word of God is what is actually creating everything going on in the world. And so I, I want you guys to know this about the Trinity. And we see the Trinity again in the Gospels when Jesus is baptized. That says that God uh, the Father speaks. It says that Jesus is baptized and that the Spirit of God descends on him like a dove. And so to understand the Trinity, I, I want everyone to know that The Trinity is God in three persons. All are co-equal, co-submitted to one another, all three equally God, all with three distinct purposes. And so we have God the Father, God the Son, which is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Now, right now, it's important to know that God the Father and, and Jesus, they have dominion and authority in heaven. And so why is teaching on the Holy Spirit important in disciple making? Because the Holy Spirit is God in us and amongst us. Hear that again. The Holy Spirit is God in us and he is God amongst us on the earth. You know, Jesus came and he actually walked the earth in the form of a man, but he left and went back to heaven. And he says that he prepares a place for us. So right now, Jesus is with God in heaven preparing heaven and getting heaven ready for us. And so he told the disciples this, he says, I'm leaving you with a task to complete, which is making disciples of all the nations. And I'm not going to leave you alone in this task. Um, I'm going to give you a helper. In fact, he said, I don't want you to do this task, but I want you to go up in a room. I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to pray until this helper comes to help you accomplish this mission of making disciples. So I want everyone to hear this. We cannot effectively make disciples without yielding to the help of the Holy Spirit. Hear that again. We cannot effectively go and make disciples without yielding to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I, wanted, I want you to hear this, and I want you to hear it. The goal of the Christian life is not to live for God, the goal of the Christian life is allowing Jesus to live his life through us. We say, but well, how can I let Jesus live uh, his life through me? Well, how we do that is through surrender and submission to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I wanna read another verse to you. This comes out of Psalm 132, a Psalm about David. And David was quoted as being a man, and God said, he was a man after my own heart. So Psalms that talk about the heart of David, we can learn a lot from. So Psalm 132, it says, Lord, remember David and all his self-denial. It says, he swore on oath to the Lord. He made a vow to the mighty one of Jacob. He said, I will not enter my house or go to bed. I will, not allow, no, I will allow no sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids till I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling for the mighty one of Jacob. Man, I love that. And what uh, he essentially is saying here is that the heart of David is number one, David lived in a repeated state of self-denial. And that means every day waking up and saying, God, this life is not my own. I'm denying, I'm denying myself. I am laying my life down so that Jesus, you can take residence in my heart and my life, and you can live your life through mine today. Think about the call to make a disciple. If you'll think all the way back in one of our earlier episodes, we defined the heart of a disciple and the call of the disciple is to what? Deny ourselves, to take up the cross and follow Jesus. Now, David was around way before Jesus, but David had the same heart. It says, remember David and all his self-denial. And so for us to be led of the Holy Spirit We have to get out of the way and deny ourselves. We literally wake up with a day, uh, every day and make a choice. God, I'm gonna lay my will, my desires down and Lord, Holy Spirit, I want you to give me your desires and I want you to lead my life. Because you see later on in verse 32, he says, I don't wanna sleep until God has a dwelling place. And so this is what I want you to know. And all throughout the Old Testament, we learned that the Holy Spirit, God, in the form of, a Holy, of the, the Holy Spirit, He wants to dwell in and amongst His people. So what they would do is they would build a temple, and uh, you know, even before the temple, they would build a, a tabernacle, which is essentially a moving tent, and the people of God would come to pray and praise God, and the Holy Spirit would come and dwell amongst His people. Well, now, through the finished work of Christ... We know that we can have access to God anytime we want. In fact, God wants our bodies to be a dwelling place for him. He wants to come and take residence in our life so that he can carry out his will through us. And so uh, I want to share, um, paraphrasing here, a a quote that I really enjoy from Henry Blackaby. Uh, Henry Blackaby said it like this. He said, simply God is doing something in the world or God has activity in the world all the time. Our responsibility is simply to learn what God's doing and join him in his activity. And we do that by yielding our lives and learning how to fellowship with the Holy spirit, learning how to fellowship with the Holy spirit. And so uh, I want us to meditate on that a bit in this episode. And I want to leave you with, with three points are three things that I, I just really want you to know about the Holy Spirit. Number one is this, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, and, and one real quick, I want to make a note. He's a person, not a thing. Um, he is one of the three persons of God in the Trinity, fully God. But the Holy Spirit accomplishes God's will in God's world. Hear that again. The purpose, the Holy Spirit, he accomplishes God's will in God's world that's why it's so critical that we begin to learn how important it is that we wake up daily and deny ourselves cuz i don't know about you but to me it's a hard but joyful thing because when i'm on the throne of my life i tend to really really mess up my life <laughs> one of the safest place we can be one of the safest places we can be is right in the center of god's will and we learn how to live in god's will by being submitted and surrendered To the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The second thing I want you to know is that the Old Testament, and read it cover to cover, the Old Testament shows us that the Holy Spirit wants to dwell with God's people. Did you know that? That God, uh, He desires to take up residence with us, Uh, He desires to take up residence in our lives. I've been taking our church on a journey through the importance of having personal worship and prayer time. And one of the reasons that's important is not only does it please God, but that's when God begins to come and want to dwell in us. And that we learn that God is more than just uh, words in a book. He's a person to know. Uh, He wants to be personal. And we learn that because all throughout the Old Testament, we see Moses, that Moses built a tent, and he would walk into that tent. And it says that he would talk to God as one would talk like a friend. Uh, he worshiped God, he obeyed God, and God drew close to him. Going down, it says that David David built a tabernacle, and the tabernacle was basically like a moving tent. And in the center of that tabernacle was a place called the Holy of Holies. And uh, it was a place where people would go and commune, and God would reveal himself, that God's presence would come in that tabernacle. And, they would uh, set up worshipers and musicians and people that were seeking the Lord and the Holy Spirit would come. The Holy Spirit would come and descend and uh, God would begin to reveal himself to the people. And then God gave David plans to build a temple. And David's son Solomon built this temple and he said, I want this to be a replica of, uh, of what's one day going to be a heavenly temple. And the same thing would happen. It says, if you really want uh, something cool to read, read Second Chronicles 5, 11 through 14, is that when worshipers were seeking the Lord and, and really desiring the presence of God and the, the temple got set up as God wanted it to be, it says that the Holy Spirit came in the form of a cloud and it was so powerful that the musicians and the priests had to stop because God uh, came and he dwelt amongst them. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came Uh, and descended upon the people. And and so we learn, again, that the Holy Spirit wants to dwell with God's people. The third thing I want to share with you, I do want to read one of my favorite passages uh, in all of the Bible. Um, It's Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. And the thing is, and this is what we should get excited about as disciple makers, is that in the Old Testament, it seemed like the Holy Spirit would descend upon someone or would come into this temple worship. And then as the people rebelled against God, the Holy Spirit would withdraw. And so what, what eventually becomes uh, very um, important to see is that no man can live up to the standards of God to walk in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit all the time, that it seemed like he would descend and go, descend and go. And so it becomes uh, very apparent that someone's gonna have to come and be a perfect sacrifice so that the Holy Spirit of God can dwell in God's people. Well, we know that Jesus was that perfect sacrifice, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this in our next episode. But because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice to die in place for our sin, we now have the availability to walk in the Holy Spirit each and every day. Let me read to you Ezekiel 36, a prophetic promise of what it's going to look like for disciple makers like you and me to have the ability to follow God for the rest of our life. It says this, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. It says, I will give you a new heart. And listen to this. I will put my spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And he says, I will put my spirit, capital S, in you. And move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. The third kind of point I want to leave you with is this. The Holy Spirit wants to dwell in God's people. The Old Testament, he would come and dwell in temples and tents. But now, God wants to dwell in people. And it says in this passage that the Holy Spirit is who leads us to obey God. He leads us to begin to be disciples. He leads us to begin to go and want to witness and make disciples that if you're listening to this and you'd say, man, I'm just not where I want to be. I'm not, I'm not where I want to be in making disciples. And man, in my life, I don't know if I could ever do that. Well, you're prime because listen, it's not going to be you going and doing the work. It's going to be the Holy Spirit working through you to accomplish God's will in God's world. And so you say, well, how do I How do I walk in the spirit? How do I uh, have the person of God living in me and working through me? It all comes back to surrendering to Jesus and coming to a relationship with God that we lay our lives down. We deny them at the cross and say, God, I receive your free gift for me. And in that moment, God gives us his spirit. And then we become uh, growing disciples of Jesus that as we yield and grow, Not only are we disciples of Jesus, but God will give us the desire to make disciples of Jesus. And so again, we cannot accomplish this apart from the Holy Spirit. We must understand the healthy teaching of the Holy Spirit so that we can accomplish God's will in God's world. So I want to quickly recap to make sure you got uh, everything that we shared today or the highlights. So number one, remember, okay? we cannot accomplish the mission of God apart from the Holy Spirit. The goal of the Christian life is not to live for God. It's allowing Jesus to live his life through us. We do that beginning with self-denial and desire for our lives to be a dwelling place of God. And we learn the good news is this, is that God sent Jesus so that the Holy Spirit could come and dwell in us and move through us to accomplish God's will in God's world. Okay. Well, guys, thank you again so much for listening. I'm excited, uh, for this series on teaching on the Holy Spirit and disciple making. I just want to encourage you. Okay. If you're in a stuck place, if you feel like you're, you're just in a place where you've taken your foot off the gas, don't go and do more. Go to the feet of Jesus and remember what he's done for us on the cross. It's in that place that we will begin to commune with God and he will lead us to get back on the tracks. I just want to, again, equip you. Remember, we can do nothing significant for the kingdom of God apart from the Holy Spirit. Um, we need to be in a consistent state of self-denial and surrender, asking God to do for us what we can never do for ourselves. And I want to empower you. You have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. If you know Christ, he now lives in you. Believe in um, a God who can do extraordinary things through ordinary people just like me and you who submitted to Christ. Okay? Guys, I love you. Thank you for listening. Again, would love for you to like, rate, share, and remember, we only get to do life one time. Let's live it on purpose. We'll catch you guys next time.